Hello, and welcome to D20EDU, a podcast even wizards reference. I'm your host, Brendan Davis, and this week's episode is all about teaching. This past week, November 2022, I had the privilege of leading an Introduction to Dungeons & Dragons workshop for 36 of my fellow students at Kutztown University. The lesson covered the basics, character creation, and methods for getting a game started. This meeting had a combination of both new and experienced players, which made for a good amount of in-depth discussion and made everyone in the room excited for their next game of D&D. The day after, I met with my academic advisor, Dr. Andrew Minus, to discuss the events of the workshop and how to see them through the lens of an educator. This week's episode of D20EDU is a recording of the events of this discussion with Dr. Minus. We touch base on points like the state of modern education in the United States, ways to develop yourself as a growing teacher, and emotional intelligence. Enjoy! When you reflect on uh, Wednesday night, what, do you, what stands out in your mind right now? What went well? What leaves you thinking a little bit? So, like, with the, with the recovery from it, like, when I was setting up, I realized that I had somehow forgotten to give myself full access to the bullet point document I made. So I ended up using what I sent you, like, the, the scripting. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, we were talking about in class, like, we had those moments where it was like, pause. Yeah, cool, awkward silence. I worked a couple of those in intentionally, and I would quick just touch base on, like, my scripting to be like, Anything I missed, anything I want to touch base on. And, like, I've been kind of informally asking people from it, like, how they feel it went. Um, the only major hiccup was setting up the activity that I can't, like, it was on the fly. And it, like, it made me kind of excited because I'm like, hold on, I just improv that. We might be good. Like, it just kind of pushing forward and edgy, like, teaching. Because, yes, I will plan for it, but if things go awry, I'm ready. Like, that made me feel more confident in like being able to roll with the punches and that was one of my fears beginning of the semester like hey what do i do if this script doesn't work you know what i mean but yeah teaching is such like a block term it almost it almost gets at how so much of it is coordinating what you're describing is coordinating a scenario so yeah. that you could kind of achieve something mm -hmm. yeah it was fulfilling i want to say because i've like i have like seven, eight emails right now of just people saying, hey, when are we gonna play? When are we gonna do more with this? I actually have, I got an email right before this. It's like a kudos to the person who sent it, but it's like all like, oh, when are you doing another thing? When can I play? It's bullet points, like it's a, it's a list. Um, and like more, like there is a desire for more master classes and stuff. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to feasibly do one, use this podcast as like that alternative, but like being able to get more nitty gritty with the details. Cause like I did talk about details and stuff, but as soon as I'd start mentioning numbers, some people would just kind of nod out, but that's par for the course. I feel like it's part of it. And at the end we did like a Q and A where by the time the presentation was done, I didn't start right at seven. So I had like five, 10 minutes in the beginning, just kind of everybody chilling. And then what ended up happening was, was um, the, the last 30 minutes were just questions, things you want to know, things you want to nerd out about. And like a couple of people shared characters that they had ideas for because of the session. And um, just kind of, I brought my whole little setup, like stuff I've accumulated and that I use for the semi-professional stuff at the cafe. Mm -hmm. And like, it was a lot of like, please touch museum, come check this out, like recommendations for what you need what you don't need and like it was cool because 
I've had like I've had people donate stuff and I've you know bought stuff for the game. But the cool part about it is that baseline, it is paper, and you can get dice like there's rollers online. Like you don't need the stuff. Like it's it's it shows like the kind of. It's your most basic classroom. That yeah. all you need is maybe some paper and some pencils and a really yeah. good idea mm -hmm. and imagination, you know. And that's really why I do it. I mentioned during the presentation I was like, the reason I'm so in like enthralled by this is the collaborative storytelling. Because storytelling, like, yes, coming from social studies, it is the background of literally everything in the field. It's like the communication, the discovering of resources, just kind of analyzing the past, but also storytelling like folk tales. Uh, I have a friend, uh, John Lucan, who used to go here. I think he was a general history major, but he did his capstone on folk tale interpretations around the world, which is so like insane to me. Like it's, it's just so neat to kind of explore. And it's a fun little side thing just to kind of enhance knowledge of like this content area. You can throw it in as a continuation of a discussion. I mean, we're in the midst of like midterm elections right now, and so much of the political narrative is almost like folklore, how you can create this folklore yeah. about you or about another candidate. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're right. People are kind of accustomed to this form of storytelling. They, they like it in ways. Yeah. They don't want to be reduced to the lowest level of it. Yeah. So to have an opportunity to exercise it in an impromptu way like you're describing seems like there was reciprocation, you know? Yeah. And it, like with the mention of the political stuff, it's crazy because my sister is at a point now where she can quote the ads, which really kind of shows you the power that influence has. For context, my sister is eleven. Yes, like it's 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 crazy. Yes, there's a when you when there's advertising space, you expect it to be filled by Susan mm -hmm. Wilde, Lisa Scheller, Fetterman, Oz. Yes, it is. There's there's a, a formula. Yeah. That's not effective then. If you're a political advertiser, what are you doing using that space in the same means as everybody else? Yeah. There's got to be a way to distort a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. And that goes back to week one, talking about the distortion of fact, like kind of working in that kind of, I don't want to say necessity, but that kind of, you know, gradual loss over time with like, oh yeah, storytelling, the stories would change over time. That has not changed. It's, it is context bound. Yeah. Who's in the room? What is their agenda? What are their prior experiences? How does that afford something? That is what makes it nice when you get a random group of people in a room united by some shared vision. Yeah. There might be a lot of cleavage, but there's also interest around yeah. forging community together. Yeah. It, it, the shared focus with those kind of contributing factors from individuals. But yeah. the the thing that would like so without like providing a little context so like with talking about this past class where we really kind of focused on approaching at an angle or like really kind of not taking your okay this is what we're learning this week here are three days of really boring content preservation like just super ugh. but approaching it at that different angle um i found it really interesting because again in the class i kind of workshop the idea of uh frisian focused education which is like kind of something everybody always or, or already should be doing as teachers, but it really kind of articulates like in a definition, like what it should be or what, like what the goal is. And I think Frisian focused has like two sides of it. So if you as the preparer or the educator can focus and get that sense of like, yeah, this will work, 
and then it reciprocates to your students, it's interesting. Because like when I made the presentation, I had a portion where I was like, okay, we're going to watch this video clip. We're going to talk about it for a minute. It being the trailer for a new Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out. And like, it was insane because I played the video and people, I, it was a room full of nerds granted, but like it was, they started clapping for a movie trailer that they're all excited to see as a part of the community that it is derived from. And it's so like, dang, but like kind of, that was not a Frisian moment I had recognized or like had been ready for, but then they started clapping. I was like, yeah, cool. This is like a good first five minutes of the presentation awesome first step in my mind and it just felt good it does speak to the context how the context shapes so much of what might be experienced by folks we have control over that mm -hmm. but even to that point of, of feeling of frisian uh, the phenomenon of chills or goosebumps that come from a piece of anything in yeah. this case is a, a piece of instruction mm -hmm. you know it sounds like that light bulb moment almost when like yeah. the room almost just is is bound by something in some in some really powerful way. Yeah. That's a good goal for any shared venture. Yeah. Teaching or otherwise, gaming or otherwise, mm -hmm. is that people are on the same page. Yeah. And it's like, it, the not only having that, but like coming from a performing background, it's like I get to see it from the unique perspective of music is about performing. It's a, like most of the concept itself is having that arrival moment at your concert at your performance or at you know sitting in your backyard with your family just doing like fun singing with the radio it's kind of like unplanned or planned depending on your concert schedule moments but also seeing that conversely to the field of education being like a realistically a kind of set in stone frigid moment from education on the book like from a binary perspective like on the book is the you know seeing your grades after an exam or seeing the results of that informal assessment, it's like, yeah, cool. I just rock that or it is the exact opposite. So it's kind of working those quote informal ones into lessons, into kind of day by day stuff so that it keeps a flow going and it's not a teaching to the exam, which is a lot of what we talk about with like, oh my gosh, there's so many teachers who do exactly that. Mm -hmm. And it is why there is stagnation and I would argue part of the teacher shortage and why it is the way it is currently. And it's, yeah. I think there's definitely a deep professionalization when it comes to what the expectations of the teacher are in the normative sense. So to your point, if you can break through that and it'd be about facilitating a context where there could be some shared something, Yeah, that seems really worthwhile. I could leave that classroom and say, I want to go do that. I want to create that in this space, whatever yeah. that space is. I mean, that's leadership essentially. Yeah. And so those are great teachable moments that are, it, it's exciting to think about how we can kind of orchestrate those. Yeah. And like, even kind of on a day-to-day -day basis too, that point goes to like the, oh crap, I want to come back to class tomorrow. Like it keeps the drive going to your next day, which is ideal through units, through lessons, through the semester, so that your kids don't go crazy. Yes, sustaining the long haul over the course of your career, you, it is about that long game. Yeah. Um, so I brought I brought this, because I've been reading it a little bit. It's um, The book is called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's by uh, Bradbury and Greaves. And it talks about uh, taking advantage of 
the information behind knowing yourself on an emotional level and being able to take advantage of that so that you're able to excel in social, in in like professional realms and kind of building off of that. I was gifted it by my old boss when I worked at Chick-fil-A, but like it's really fascinating because it touches base on all this. Um, I have been looking into the second chapter, which is called the big picture. And it talks about looking at it from the broadband down. And that realistically, as a part of like being an educator is pushing towards like the, you know, day by day progression of improving yourself uh, per year, per semester, changing up the lesson if things don't work out and being flexible within those first couple years of teaching. But like this, this book, I wish I could meet the authors. It's very like, kind of allowing me to take a fully enveloping perspective of everything we've been working on this semester. And it's like, yeah. It's interesting how that self-awareness like you're describing can become a social awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, you start by looking within as a way of better understanding what's around you. That lets you be more responsive to relationships and to self in these contexts such that it's probably more likely you can finesse the situations to almost get them to those more frisian oriented outcomes which take us takes us back to approaching things at different angles that's like it was weird how i was able to pick that up and like i, I picked up the book and i'm like cool holy crap we talked about this like two days ago and it, it like the different angle the mixing together the kind of taking your primary colors and making the what you need for your painting like it's if I could say that made Frisian, it did. Like, mm -hmm. it was really kind of like, whoa, that's the moment. That's the all coming together. Because, like, yes, we're working on the unit plan, but, like, it's cool to keep the class conversation going with the unit planning and sort of the back burner or, like, the, the side of the project working together. I like the new take on it, kind of just progressing all over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It becomes restorative, too, and you can kind of, you know? Yeah. Have... As, as it happens and it starts to change the way you can see things a little bit, it makes it realize why even it's so hard to sustain that when it's a busy semester, it's a yeah. busy week, you're a little bit more stressed out, there's a lot going on, yeah. you know, to, to still aspire in the ways mm -hmm. can be challenging, yeah. you know? I like, uh, my, my kind of viewpoint on it has been like, if you have a day where you're just going through it and you need to take that time, you're not any less aspired to do it. You just need to take a minute and like have your day. Be like, okay, this is, I'm still excited to do this. I can work on it a little bit, but I'm not going to push myself too hard to go, you know, off the walls and then be even worse tomorrow. It's cool noticing that as an educator, as a person, as a literally anything, when you're working with yourself inward, knowing when to hold up and it's, take your time. It's so true. It's a marathon in balancing that so that you're not just exhausting yourself in yeah in one domain or in one part of the race. I think that again, that's part of that self-awareness to know when you're hitting that point, you know, and maybe when it is worth setting the reset or maybe collaborating then with somebody yeah. else, like getting out of that rabbit hole at times. Mm -hmm. I think there's yeah, the rabbit hole is tough. Yeah, yeah, it's that like. It's that, it's that brain drain where you say, okay, is this like looking at being a teacher? Like, can I work an activity in here to help out? Can I not rely on my fellow, like my co-teachers or my fellow teachers, but like 
have an activity where it works class crossroom wise. Like look in a traditional block scheduling, you're not their only teacher. If they have like their homeroom teacher or something else, other aspect of their day or their career or their semester where you can work into it. And that goes into the catering towards individuals with the choose your own adventure and the kind of reaching past curriculum and seeing what your students are interested in and getting into it. Yes, reaching past the rat race outside of the rabbit hole to kind of create these active, meaningful moments. Yeah. They happen in the classroom, but they just happen organically when we're sitting around a table yeah. or engaging with a game that we, we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. It is getting people to realize like those things can be as formal. You yeah. know, like sometimes we're so bound by what we think is the formal and the um, professional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part of this, as we're talking, and it's nice to be able to move some of those boundaries and mm -hmm. make what is more informal, the explicit stuff that really matters. Yeah. And like with the with the presentation, um, I didn't mean to like single somebody out there. One of my friends, um, her name's Katie, and it was really funny because she came in pajama pants. I'm like, yes, this is not a totally formal thing. Be comfy. Come hang out. And it was like, it's so weird how we're touching base on this too, because it was like, people see workshop and it's like, oh, I gotta dress up and I gotta be prepared. I was expecting people to just come and hang out and mm -hmm. learn a thing or two. And it's cool because like, educationally, you should be able to have both. Professional development should fall into that more formal route. And you know, if you can get it to a point where you can cater the interests of your student and build that year long relationship with them to where they come back to your classroom the following year, that's where that informal thing comes around and kind of balancing that act. It creates the habits, the structures, even just the flow that those things are natural. Yeah. You know, there's a cool human element to what we're talking about that it, it's not just scripted and delivered, but that it's sustained and maintained, yeah. brokered and negotiated. The outcome of the game we haven't even, I mean, like, it doesn't even matter so much. Yeah. Of any game, really. Yeah, you pretty know, much. The it, context in which it's played. Yeah. The, in the rule book for the game, for D&D, there is no conventional way to win or lose. You as a group decides when the story is closed off the right way. When you hit that bead of, like, perfect, kind of, this is where the story should be left. And that's cool, because even in a world as a teacher, on the side, like, Yes, you have curriculum, yes, you have standards, and you have things that you need to teach. But if you have a day where you hit that perfect note and you're like, yeah, cool, pack up. Chill out for like two minutes, we got a little extra time, Go, we'll, we'll relax for a minute. It's okay to have that leniency, it's okay to have that move for just the little bit to kind of like put the cherry on top, mm -hmm. to seal the deal and to have you ready for your next step. I think moments that lead most to grief are when the expectations don't fit with the reality. Yeah. And so for some teachers or some professionals or some people, they're so fixated on the reality being the expectation. Yeah. And there's a, a tightness to not let go of that. Hearing you talk, it is, if we can let go of some of those expectations yeah. in any way, in any way in our lives, it's probably gonna be in our best interest. Yeah. It's gonna open us up to experience things, people, places. Yeah, it's. we talked about this, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, with the idea of, for lack of a better word, the educational dictator. 
like the you don't the um the bell doesn't dismiss you I do like that thought processing and it's very like getting rid of the sort of not socially accepted but <laughs> educators socially uh, sort of utilized practice of being the boss of being the one who rules the room it's yeah modern and kind of talking about this putting it out of my head is very much like a oh it's less of that it's more of a you know sensei and the mentee like the kind of you bounce ideas off of each other it's okay to have that aspect of they look up to you but don't make that your personality yes and the good ones are able to flex it such that they are often the student in the situation hey let me hear your perspective what were you thinking there yeah. hey give me some insight there i really like where you're going with yeah. that you know so it inverts what the teacher and student is there and yeah. so it gives us both that opportunity to flex off each other it does seem like the term teacher is limiting because what you're yeah. describing is someone who coordinates it's yeah. like teaching what does that even mean you're it's it's something that's a lot more abstract yeah it's like teacher is the job title i feel like it's more like m more like a manager like a you're you're managing what information is presented what day the specifics of the planning and the preparation to achieve the, pace, the set goals the arrangement yeah, yeah. R really and even managing engaging you know like that because there's an active component of yeah. of really determining how to do that sometimes managing makes it seem like there's a momentum in your moving things yeah. and so it is and folks have different mechanisms by which they engage so some might be more passive than others yeah it's the laying the track in front of the train instead of you know running off the course and just sticking to what you wrote down word for word on your paper yeah there's there's a direction even off the track you kind of know where you want to go yeah it's trusting that vision you know like you described even with the presentation a couple days ago yeah. it was trusting that hey this moment demands this this moment demands this yeah it's i again for the context of this i we had spoken previously my biggest fear was that it was the fully being able to roll with the punches and having that flexibility and like the presentation itself put into context for me that it is just improv with content worked into it and that's how it has to be you can't it, it, now not everything's gonna be a you know sunshine and rainbows congratulations you do this perfectly every single day knowing that there needs to be that that piece yeah that's almost it's the intangible in a way it's tangible in that you know when the liveliness and the connectivity is there when the rigor's there yeah but the way each person is able to manage that or engage that it is slightly different yeah you know i saw someone this morning who they were kind of low energy by my standards but they were energetic yeah they were enthusiastic mm -hmm. they were able to do what they needed to do in yeah. their realm of being i couldn't have done it the way they did it but they they did it yeah you know um it's interesting how we all have that recipe we're kind of working yeah. on Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in joining a community of new and experienced D&D players alike, be sure to check out the D&D EDU Collective Discord channel, in which the invite link can be found in the description of this podcast episode. Again, 
Thanks so much for tuning in and catch you on the next episode of D20 EDU.